Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. I'm your host, Maine, here with my other host, Josh. Josh. Fat guy. I mean, we'll get into that in a bit here. Yep. This week, we are going to cover Fight to Win Pro 69 in Cleveland, Ohio. We are going to talk about the DC Open, IBJJF uh, Spring Open. Spring Open. That we attended yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into the craziness that is the rest of the next week in April, which is Quintet on April 11th, Fight to Win Pro 70, UMBC in Maryland. Mm-hmm. As well as SUG 7 on April 15th. Go on. As well as... Kasai. Pro 2 on April 15th. As well as... Say, say April 14th, actually, I think. Yeah, as well as... What else is there, Josh? Did you say ACBJJ? Oh, I forgot ACBJJ. Oh, yeah, that's there, too. Yeah, that's all next week. Yeah. So we're going to break down IBJJF, talk about Fight to Win Pro 69, and then preview everything else so strap yourself in this is going to be a packed show of professional grappling previews and other information so jumping right into it uh, let's talk about dc open i was gonna say news but i was gonna jump right into here's here's news always check to make sure your scale is right so um, i'm totally open with who i am as a person uh, how I do competition-wise. There, there's no news this week, so we're going we're gonna, to gonna move on to Josh News. Josh News. I'm fat. <laughs> so I signed up for medium heavy. Weight limit is 195 with the Gion. I'm on my scale. I'm on weight all week. I step on the scale at my house Saturday morning. I'm 195, which means I would weigh 198 pounds with my Gion. My Gi is three pounds. Weighed it. Okay, I'm going to go to the gym for a little bit. So right now, you're, that means you're two pounds over. I'm, I'm three pounds over. Math is not my strong suit, Josh. Right, three We've pounds over. over. Okay. So I was like, I'll go to the gym. I'll work up a little sweat. You know, I'll have to go to the bathroom again. I'll more than likely be down two pounds at that point. And then I can just drive and relax and go there. And by you don't the time, weigh in until... You don't in, weigh in until a couple minutes before you step on the mat. In your uh, brown belt in the adult division. So you don't weigh in until later in the day anyway. No, uh, my division was skip. My match, my first match was scheduled to start at one eleven, and it was actually they were running ahead of schedule, so it started sooner. Okay, so you had like so anyway. I knew I had some time. I left at like ten, but going back a little bit, I knew I would be able to get off at least two pounds. By the time I got there, I'd probably be only half a pound over. I'd just walk around with a sweatshirt on and be on weight. Go to the gym, sweat, come back. I'm two pounds heavier. Than before he left for the gym. So now I'm kind of sweating and not in a I just worked out way, like what the hell's going on. So I have a kettlebell in my room and I put it on the scale. It's a 15-pound kettlebell and it weighed 11 pounds. I got on again. It told me the, the weight. I was still heavier and I was like, oh, I think my scale battery might be dead or it might be broken well not dead because it was functional but dying yeah you're, you're a low when you lose power in certain scales it right at the end of it before the scale itself dies it'll change the readout because the load cells aren't basically it's not reading the correct amount because there's not enough power in the cell right so now i'm thinking maybe it's just messed up i'll go there kind of freaking out on the way you know turned on turned on something to listen to drove up there about 55 minute drive no big deal 
Get on the scale in the gi, 198.9. And the brackets are moving quick. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm moving around. I'm just trying to keep a positive, a positive outlook on it. Josh is freaking out. I tried to keep a positive outlook on it. Uh, Josh stopped- is a pretty stoic guy most of the time. You know, he gets happy, but he's, he's never nervous. And Josh's face looks like it's making me uncomfortable because he's just like talking to me. Yeah, it's fine. We're good doing this. And he's, he's walking through. And I can tell he's rationalizing it himself that he might not make this weight. Yeah. And this entire week, it's not like I went crazy off my diet or anything like that. And I was comfortably eating because according to my scale, I was right. This isn't an excuse to say I didn't make weight. I didn't make weight. That's my fault. And other people tried to rationalize it to me like, me. no, the scale's broken. You know, it's not your fault. I have access to about 8 million scales. There's one in our gym. There's one in another gym. That there's we're two in my house. There's, there's at least 75 at your house, dude. There's a lot. I think I, might, I think I have three. I know I have one working, one extra, and I might have a travel scale as well. That's, that's a lot of scale still. I used to be a business travel. I had to bring a scale with me. I had to compete next week. Anyway, so I was over, but I didn't like say, well, I'm just not going to show up. I, I'll step on the scale and I'll own up to being over the limit. I got on. I was 198. And they were like, sorry. And I was like, I understand. It's not your fault. You know, whatever. And I got DQ'd because of it. Uh, I was looking forward to competing. But again, my fault. I'll be back on the grind again. You know, but shit happens. Probably should have uh, went into it a little bit deeper, but whatever. So that's Josh's uh, IBJJF experience <laughs> this weekend. Not a great one because you, you missed weight for a gi and for no gi. Well, I didn't even show up today because I knew like I figured that I would be on weight maybe a little bit under. And by the time I competed and I wasn't going to go crazy with my food or anything, by the time I was done with that day with doing my division and because of where I was seated, I would have taken third, even if I had lost. So, so that would absolute have, anyway. I would have done the absolute. Uh, and by the time I expended all that energy, probably would have been without my gi on about 190 pounds. So because of water weight, I would have sipped on something, but probably would have woke up at about 190 pounds and only had to cut like three. So it wouldn't have been a big deal. I'm used to doing that kind of stuff. But being that I was heavier than I expected to be and I didn't compete. You're I, cutting like six or more like day of. Probably eight or nine. Yeah, so like, that's kind of like good luck cutting that. Cause you don't, you don't, I just wasn't going to like kill myself for it. I, I enjoy competing, but I wasn't going to injure myself or anything like that. I wasn't going to make myself sick. And not be able to work. And as much as I love jujitsu, it's not my job. It's an extracurricular activity for me. I mean, it's so, a little beyond that at this point. Eh, but still, you know, it's not, it doesn't pay my bills. Yeah. Until when it pays my bills, like then that's going to be something where I'll be like, I just got to, you know, focus on these things and you make sure. pull a Herbert? No, I would never pull a Herbert. I'm sorry. Like I'll keep going. You'll choke me unconscious. You'll you'll break my shit. I'm not gonna tap to getting caught in a tripod, like in a in a TP position. The mountain, Josh, getting that kind of tap mount. Yeah, like, like Jimmerman. Sorry, that's that. I'm not gonna do that. But I needed to make sure that 
I wasn't going to, I was going to be able to work, but let's get into it. I got to watch this match, the Ed, uh, Eduardo Barboza match versus uh, Christian Woodmancy. Eduardo Barboza came over, came over top. I can't talk today. It's been a rough week, Josh. Eduardo won. Christian Woodmancy did not. It was only a two guy division in the Roosterweight division. So, first and second. Uh, I did notice that. I didn't know that Christian Woodmancy had a tattoo on his head. Yeah, I saw that was interesting. I was like, what the hell is on his head? Oh, it's tattoo. a large tattoo, too. No, it's just the writing across the top of his head. The crown. It's on the top of like the... It's right above like... The hairline. But it's, it's intersecting yeah, with the hairline. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was a larger tattoo than I expected because most of his hair kind of covers the center of it. But you can still definitely see the tattoo mm-hmm. and the rest. I was like, damn, that is, a, that is A, a smaller black belt than I'm used to seeing. And B, a, that is a face tattoo. Yeah. Which are uncommon. Maybe in your circles. My, not in around, my circles, Josh. Ma- yeah. Not around the people I know. Ah, yes. <laughs> so under the Rooster Division, again, a division with two people. We yep. had... That um, was that. Those were the results. If we move on to Light Feather... The next division, Josh. There yes. you go. There were multiple people in that. Darson, Darson Hemmings took first. João Pedro Olivier Rodriguez from Soul Fighters Texas took second. Brian Clauser from Vicente Junior Team, which is in Maryland. Which is Conquest. Yep. They, took... Yes. Took third, and Tadashi Takashima from Boston BJJ also took third. I uh, caught a little bit of Darson Hemmings matches while I was, you know, walking around, hopefully magically losing three and a half pounds. Uh, he looked really good. The, his bolo game was on point. He just went to work. So good on him. Moving on to the featherweight division. This was a fun one. I got to see some of Shane, Shane Jamil Hill Taylor's matches. We're going to see him on Fight to Win. And th- this whole thing was cool to see the IBJJF open because I saw a bunch of guys from Purple Belt, other than Black Belt, at this event that are, we're going to see next week on Fight to Win Pro. So it, I assume most everyone is playing the same games that they're going to be playing next week against whoever they're competing against. But it was cool to see Shane and a bunch of other guys. And we saw Tim Spriggs there. We saw um, a bunch of guys from the GF team and all the other teams that I probably saw at least half to a quarter of the people that we're going to see next week on Fight Twin Pro at the DC Open. Right. Uh, John Delbrudge, who I competed against last time, was in my division, too, that I didn't compete in. Uh, He took second in that. Uh, He'll be on there next week. So that, again... We saw a good chunk of the competitors from the Fight to Win Maryland card at DC Open competing, getting more ready for Fight to Win, and, you know, just staying on their competition grind. Uh, Isaac Doderlin took second, so... So Shane Shane Jameer Hill-Taylor takes first, Doderlin takes second. Frederico Augusto Alves-Silva takes third, as well as Scott Dance from BJ River. BJJ Revolution team. I, f- I didn't see... I forgot actually who Shane uh, was competing against, I think, in his first round in black belt for this division. But, goddamn, he's good. Oh, yeah. He th- I, I know that. We know that. We've seen him against Grippo and like against the top guys. I watched him throw a triangle so fucking fast. Yeah, yeah. That was a great like, match. Holy shit. I didn't know who it was against. I missed I who was, was I was trying to watch three matches at once while that was happening. Yeah, they were running all the black belts at the same time. And then uh, the brown belt light feather division was yeah. going because that was the one with Cabrinha's son. He won, by the way. Shocker uh, there, Josh. <laughs> he, um, I was watching a match on that mat. 
as well as Darson Hemmings, one of Darson Hemmings matches. So it was like scanning back and forth. And when you don't have like a, a video stream right in front of you and you're like, okay, I can focus on this specific thing, man, all that information coming out to you at you at once really kind of scrambles your mind. I was fixated on the Taylor match and just, <laughs> it was like watching what he was doing and how he was posturing and using his head. And then he was going, 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 locks this triangle. Up. I was like, damn, that is, yeah, he shot that dude, he really shoots quick. That so quickly. And I'm trying to like think about things you see that the highest level guys do that you don't see it other for other black belts and they're good black belts. And one of the biggest things I think you see is the speed in which they go from one position to another position. Like they don't have that setup phase. They just he's in like the butterfly and in like the um He was in like a half butterfly and then he was like, yeah. All right, and pulled his leg out and shot up a triangle. Out of nowhere. And there was no middle, there was no change, there was no adjustment. There was he no just, pushing. He just threw he just his legs, threw his up. legs up and he was there. So I, I will be again, I love watching Changing Mayhill Taylor compete. I saw all the Lloyd guys there. I saw Lloyd there. Lloyd is Lloyd is there walking around. He must ran me over. Not on purpose, but like Dude. he was walking and I was like intersecting. He was like, yeah. and I was like, oh shit. Dude, he is way skinnier than I remember. Not uh, okay. related to anything, but I just thought that Okay. I was having him as like a two hundred and sixty pound guy. He's not that big. In I don't my think head he was ever that big. That's how big he is. So okay. on to the lightweight division for DC Open. Gianni Grippo and Johnny Tama close it out, uh, taking first and second respect- respectively. Uh, Cesar Cardoso uh, takes third. There was only a, there was a round robin, so they probably just again that was one that I didn't get to check out. Um, I ended up leaving a little early just because I was frustrated with myself, but I was like, eh. So Maine got to see a lot of the stuff. Yeah, that, uh, th- yep. that happened later. I caught a lot of the uh, earlier stuff. Uh, going to the middleweight division, the black belts, Chad Hardy from Nashville MMA takes first. Uh, Thomas Keenan from Soul Fighters takes second. Greg Walker and Marcos Tinoco, who we just recently saw him fight to win, yep. uh, split third. Marcos Tinoco won his fight to win match, I think, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Yes, he was the he main did. event. Yes, he was. Yep. So medium heavyweight, we have Diego. Ooh, Diego is, Bispo is Bispo. how he goes by. Um, he took first, and Isbeck Mustakov. There we go. Isbeck Mustakov. There we go. He took second. Two man division. Some of these divisions were a little small. Some of them were. It's a local, you open. know, stretched out. But it was. It was cool to see. Guys getting those team points. Guess who we didn't see, Josh? Who didn't we see? Gordon Ryan. Gordon Ryan. Even though initially he was listed on the results for his division. Yeah. And then they, they just, updated results yeah. and he was not listed. But Josh went, did you see him? Did you see him there? Because Josh left a little early. And I went, no, I didn't see him there at all. Because I saw Spriggs rocking around. I saw, um, I don't think I saw Ali, actually. And who was there? I, did. I didn't see yeah. him, though. Okay. You weren't looking hard enough. Josh, there was a <laughs> lot of guys. I was like, that's this person. That's this person. Uh-huh. I was trying to talk to people on Fight to Win next week, like asking them about, like, stuff right so so on to the heavyweight division uh tex johnson aaron johnson from unity bjj takes that division uh, roberto Torobal uh torobas takes second and gilvin gomez da costa takes third uh i saw tex probably for about 30 seconds compete and i didn't you know he was on top and i was like oh there he goes that's surprising <laughs> Not really. That's a joke, Josh. I'm sarcastic there. <laughs> uh, super heavy. 
Two-man division, Tim Spriggs beats Eduardo Silva to take first in that. And Muhammad Ali defeated Grafton Skaggs third to win the ultra heavyweight division. Under the open class, Muhammad Ali takes that one as well. Well, actually, did he close out with Spriggs? They, I believe they I closed think they out. Close out. And then, uh, let's see, Alexandre Molinaro and Isaac Doderlin took third. Always awesome to see. Uh, always awesome to see the smaller guys jump into the absolutes. I don't know how big that was, but I know that they that Tim Spriggs and Muhammad Ali split it. You know, you want to know how many female black belt divisions there were? How many, Josh? Two. Dose. Two. The super heavyweight division and the open weight. You mean the same person competed in two divisions, Josh? You mean they stepped on the scale and weighed what they needed to weigh and, and won? You should, look, honestly, like we're, we're kind of being not bullshitty, but you show, up and you, com- you show up to compete, and if there just happens to be no one in your division, there are no other black belts there that make weight that are of your same Or sex. there's you know no one there. It just sucks. Yeah. So, so uh, Claudia Doval from De La Hiva won the super weight, super heavyweight and the open because she was the only black belt female that was there. That sucks. There were at the lower belts, there were a lot of females there. It was great. Rachel's division had a bunch of matches. She took bronze in her division. Yeah. Um a number of other women there. They have a masters women's division. They well yeah, they've they've had that. They right. added it, but but no other tournament has a ma- we've we've masters females at our gym that competed. And there's no other tournament that gives an opportunity to compete against other masters women. So it was great to see. It's great to see IBJJF has the division at least for them to not be competing against people that are like Rachel's age or like 19. Yeah. So I'm I'm really pleased about that. And there's actually people in those divisions. So I like that I'm seeing more and more women in the sport because when I started, it was 95% men. You'd have a woman in the class in the gym, and yeah. now you know you have a couple. You have gyms that have women's only classes. So it, we're seeing female black belts, which is great. It's just still, still a little sparse for local yeah. events. Uh, quick shout out to our training partner, Jeff. He double golded in his brown belt masters division and the open class. So good on him. He's always training hard. Great training partner to have. Uh, Dude, I love watching between you match it between you and him in the gym. Oh, that's one of my favorite training partners. It's like hands down. Dude, I got to sit. I think it wasn't it was last week. You guys were both training for DC. And I was not, I just done a bunch of rounds and I was dying. And I was sitting on the side of the mat and I got to watch you guys just go for a full, like hard round. And I was like, this is a good, I would watch this match on like fight to win or something. I mean, that's like every single match we have. Yeah. But I got, I, I usually am like training at the same time. So to be like tired and just watching the match was like, this is a good match. Maybe build up your cardio and stop being a baby. I got there before you, Josh, and I'd already trained. Yeah, well, I had already done stuff before that and trained more rounds than you. This one-upmanship is sounding great on the mic. I know, but I'm just saying, I kept going, and you were like, I'm going to go take a nap in the corner. I mean, that happens. So that'll do it for our coverage <laughs> of DC Open. Uh, it was it was fun to watch. It was good. It was less organized than I thought it was going to be. Less organized? What do you mean? Uh, if Unless you know how IBJJF runs and you're very familiar with their setup, because Rachel and I did pans, and that's the only time Rachel's competed for IBJJF. Pans we had to like check in, check in again. Then we had no gi pans. You mean no gi pans in New York? This one you didn't have like a secondary check in. You just when your name was on the board, then you went and checked in and weighed in and were in the bullpen. And there's no unless you know how their procedures work, 
there's nothing written or shown. You just have to kind of figure that out. Well, you as, get called, and then they start announcing like your division, which they always do. But their PA system was garbage this yeah, time. Yeah, they do. It was worse than the first time that they, they were there. They sounded like us doing names. They also, I didn't even hear my division called. Yeah, there was a lot of that. There was this one was for how much IBG. Everyone's like, oh, they run great. This didn't run that great. It ran ahead of schedule. Which is great. But if you schedule everything out and give adequate time and you actually bracket things out ahead of time, it'll do that. But I'm saying as far as like getting your competitors to know when they're going to go, it, it's like any other tournament. They gave you a time, but I'm glad I didn't show up. I didn't leave when I originally planned to leave because I would have just been a no-show because by the time I would have gotten there, I would have gotten DQ'd for not showing up. Right. Not for being overweight. So, I mean, they were just running very quickly. This one was a little less attended, I think, than the previous one. I was not here for the previous one. I was, oh, in, yeah, May. I was in May. Yeah. I was on vacation. The other one was packed to the gills. There's also no warm-up area, which I think is always what super do you mean? weird. There's no mats to warm up on. Most of them don't Which have I that. think is weird. It's like you have a, you're a major event. You're like oh, a huge like open event, and there's no warm-up area for your athletes. There's areas to jog. There's areas to stretch out. Yes, there's extra areas in Were the... you worried about like rolling? Some, some The other ones give you like half of a mat, and normally there's UAE? like 800 kids. There's 800 kids doing cartwheels on them. Did you just throw out UAE? UAE has a warm-up area for did every you, single division. Did you just throw out UAE? I just threw out UAE. So you're telling me uh, uh, a tournament backed by multi-billionaires... Yes, Josh. You're comparing that to a company that's just really trying to steal all your money and spend as little as possible. Yes. Yes, because IBJJF Think about is that trying to be second. the de facto organization for jujitsu, and you're getting beat by multi-billionaires. Step your game up, IBJJF. <laughs> that's <laughs> all I got on that. Hey, you know, get yourself a, a billionaire backer and get all those warm-up mats. So that'll do it for billionaire backers on to Fight to Win Pro 69 in Cleveland, Ohio. This event paid out a total of $22,085 in salaries and commissions and was headlined by Vitor Alavera versus Keith Miner. So we're going to start off with the team results. We have Alyssa Priero defeating Hope Jones via decision. That was fight of the night for the kiddos. And we have Tyler Story defeating Zane Finley via armbar. That was submission of the night for the kiddos. On to the purple belt results. Pedro Zapata Jr. defeated... Jeremiah Roberts by armbar. Edward Bean defeated Ricardo Casanova by armbar. Christopher Manuel Hardin defeated Jacob Props by decision. Ben Williford defeated Michael Kazimark by Darce. Ricardo Meja defeated Andrew Pardy by armbar. <laughs> Gary Hensley defeated Anthony Santiago by decision. Jeffrey James Offick defeated Ryan Croyle by decision. Cody Stevens defeated Sean Rail Rawl by guillotine. Tim Plazic defeated Sam Lemon by decision. Emil Fisher defeated Adam Sadney by <laughs> Adam Sadney by <laughs> Adam Sadney by knee bar. Oh yeah, his knee is sad. How about Jesus. that? <laughs> what a terrible... He did have a sad knee. So, by the way, just, just for everyone knows, every time Josh laughs like that directly into the mic, I have to edit that. <laughs> so, just so you guys know that literally every single time on this show, 
that Mr. Weinstock laughs into the microphone. I have to manually go in and bring the levels down on the show. Just keep that in mind. I'm On to the next match. Person. That was submission of the night for the Purple Belts. Crystal Vanessa Demopoulos defeated Melanie Yasinkaya by armbar. I tried. Ken Robson defeated Wyatt Routson. Rouston? Rouston by decision. Fight of the night. Michael Hasek defeated John Plazic by split decision. Was he in there twice? Who? That we, we had another Plazic earlier, didn't we? Man, my... I hate you. Mm-hmm. I, know, I hate you. I know you do. Yeah, Tim Plazic. Okay. I assume they're related. Plazic's not a very common... Brother, maybe. Man, not a common last name. I don't know. Jessica, I defeated Tamara Leonard by heel hook. Every time I see Leonard, I always go to Leonard. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm like, Leonard, because you know that's a name. Leonard. Sean McMichaels... Defeated Rob Reiser by inside heel hook. And Gabriella McAuliff. I think it's McAuliffe. Mm, whatever. Defeated Darian Pramu. Premal by armbar. And then on to the brown belt results. We have Chico Bays defeating Keith Semeta via decision. We have Mike Hulan defeating Dingo. Man, you got to do these names. <laughs> Mike Hiluhan defeated... Dinos Angelas by decision. Brad Baines defeated Michael Spadafora by split decision. That was fight of the night for the brown belts. Mark Farrell defeated Carlo Claridad. Claridad by decision. Chris Odin defeats Jacob Moro via Kimura. That was submission of the night for the brown belts. And Joe Sanfippo. San Lafippo? San Filippo. Defeats Mike Martin via heel hook. On to the black belt results. Tom Kozlowski defeated BJ Nelson by decision. Fight of the night. Tom Scala defeated Ruben Vera by decision. Dante Leon defeated Cameron Knight by bow and arrow. Submission, Submission of, the, of the night. For the black. This is a fun one. We're going to talk about this one in a minute. Robert Henriksen defeated Seth Daniels by split decision. Again, another fun one. Mike Manchak defeated John Correa by decision. Darren Branch defeated Rob Heilman by decision. And Vitor Oliveira defeated Keith Miner by decision. The reason why Josh paused funny there is because it's listed Oliveira Vitor. So under our breakdown section for Fight to Win Pro 69, talking about Dante Leon versus Cameron Knight, finishing a bow and arrow choke and being a submission of the night. For the black belts. Now, Dante's one of those guys that's getting a lot of hype behind him from Flo. You know, they had articles on him when he was a brown belt. Now he's a newer black belt. I mean, right, rightly so, he's getting hype. He's a strong, yeah, and, strong competitor. And he showed it in this match. This was a match that you saw Dante Leon just work another black belt. The speed in which he transitioned, the way in which he transitioned, the way he's passing. Um, and Cameron threw up some good submissions, threw up a knee bar attempt at one point. But Dante was a step ahead the entire match. And if you get a chance to go back, go and watch this, rewatch this match, look at the transition that Dante does to get the bow and arrow. Hold on just a second. Hold on. This is the part where we normally say if the matches were up. But guess what? The matches are actually up. Yeah, two weeks so in a row. You can watch them right now. And I mean, it's Tuesday, and normally at that point, they're still not up. But that's when the episode actually comes out Sunday. The matches are out Sunday. 
So that's awesome. Maybe they wanted to get him out ahead of WrestleMania so that everybody could watch WrestleMania. Maybe. So <laughs> go back and watch this match for two things. Go back and watch it for Dante's head positioning throughout the match and the way he uses his head position to pass. Like he uses his head as a third prop in order to keep Cameron in the places he wants him to and pass using the using his head position. You mean he's tripoding? Kind of, sometimes, but a like, lot of times he's super just like super low with it. Damian Maya. A How little bit, but, but not all the time. And so that's something you see that really, really high-level guys will do is they use their head as a prop and like a third arm to keep people's hips in place. And that's what Dante's doing in this match. And this is why I kind of found this match so interesting was, A, he's sort of just step ahead. And although Cameron's throwing up knee bars and other items at the match, Dante's transitions are outstanding. Um, Dante jumps off the back off the knee bar attempt and just goes to the bone arrow super fast from the back mount and just gets it. It was beautiful to watch. The camera was centered right in the, basically you're looking at him finishing the bone arrow towards the camera. So you can look at his hand position, his foot position, where his, how he's turning up and angling the elbow to finish the bone arrow. It was a pleasure to watch. It was great. To Maybe watch he's him. a pro wrestling fan and knows to work towards the camera. So he could be picked up. Man, you're hitting this WrestleMania thing hard, aren't I'm you? going to. It's going to bother the shit uh, out of you. It's going to be great. Dude, it already is. It's going to be great. It's, How, about that? It, it, How about that Ronda Rousey? I'm not, I don't watch it, man. I'm principal. <laughs> so that was that match. Go back and rewatch that match. That's fun. I think we're going to see big things from Dante Leon moving forward. Another match that happened was... That happened. Makes it sound bad. I mean, this happened. Seth Daniels, again, hopped in as a late replacement for Ron Henriksen. Uh, not for Ron, against Ron Hendrickson. Uh, they they announced Seth as five and three in fight to win. No way, he's five and three. Uh, have we seen every single one of his matches in the last like six? I've months? seen at least seven of his matches, and most of them have been in the last like six months. I mean, in the past like two or three months, he's competed four times. Right, and that's why I, I go. Was he not competing? Before the last couple months, have we missed that? Maybe he's five and three at black belt. No, no, I've only we, seen him lose once at black belt correct. since getting that. He got darsed. Yeah. So maybe he huh. wasn't competing on his own event until really recently. He was because he was on the first fight to win card that I was on. He was on the Maryland card. Yeah. And he's been on a bunch of these cards since yeah, then. He's been on a, every like other card. Or every card. He was on for, the Louisiana card. He hops in as a replacement. He was on the Texas card. Yeah, yeah, both those. He was on this card. Yes. That's five matches right there. That's So we're missing three somewhere in between. Well, he stepped in as a late replacement against that one black belt when he was still a brown belt. That was before Maryland, I think. Right, yeah. So that's, that's six. We're missing two. Hmm. And that's why, because... That's, I thought he competed more. That's in the last 20 events or so. So did, was he just not competing on his own event? But maybe you said he, he was on your event, or maybe his record. Was. But his record was odd. I, I feel like he has been on his own event more than eight times, regardless of Seth, Seth's record. Look good, fun to watch. He throws that fucking foot sweep hard as shit. You're good at judo. Why would you not? I, I'm not saying that. You're just watching him throw. I would not want to get foot swept by Seth. Because the way he foot sweeps, he hits you right where you want to hit, right above the, like, he cups his foot and he hits the ankle, the outside of the ankle, super hard. And uh, the Kazushi, the off balancing with the hands, he'll grab the gi, like, collar, collar, or collar sleeve, and turn you and throw his foot through. But he does it almost like a tie kick. 
So the only thing I can really compare that to and use in my experience is Nakapon from uh, Beta Academy in DC. Yep. Uh, I got to compete against him in Nogi and, you know, slap bump, we get ready to go. He comes up and I swear to God, he leg kicked me. That's how hard he like threw this foot sweep. And I was like, what the fuck was that? I mean, it made an audible thud against my leg. This one too. So, you know. Sometimes the, you got to put that force into it. It is funny, though, because when you see that foot sweep done at a really, really high level in judo for, like, IJF and stuff, you'll see them – that I think not the assess timing is bad, but you'll see them time it really well when the guy steps up so they can swing and swipe the foot through as I bang into the microphone there. Seth doesn't do that. Seth will, will hit you with that when your foot's planted. But the it's second jiu-jitsu. Time, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, second, most people's take – think about it. Most people's take down are garbage. To say the least, yeah. Like from the feet, like wrestling or judo-wise, it's garbage. But the funny thing about it is once Seth hits you with that once when you're planted, you are much more willing to kind of try to outstep it, and it'll give him the foot sweep in the future. Yes. So I think that's a really a really funny thing that you, you see in judo, and you see guys that have their feet taped up, but Seth throws this first foot sweep and just kicks him in his leg. This is also a match that you saw Seth slam in. Watch how Seth slams in this match. Robert has him in the closed guard. Seth lifts him up, and then he angles over the top and slams like on the neck and on the head, and like the, like the back of the neck and the shoulder. He doesn't really hit the shoulders for Robert. He like drives him down. To him, I'm saying like a ton. I'm noticing that. Mm-hmm. Watch this slam. This is how you slam people from the closed guard. Main is slowly becoming more and more obsessed with slamming people. Yo, I was at IBJJF this yesterday, uh-huh. and guys would jump the guard. I was like, oh, he's going to slam him. And then I went, oh, they're not in fight to win. Oh, slamming's you not a normal thing in jiu-jitsu. Like, that's, no. that's not a thing you can do. I watch so much fight to win now. Every time I see someone on the guard, like, I'm like, oh, he's going to slam. slam. This is awesome. And then I realized that you can't slam in 95% of events. 99% of events? ADCC, you can slam. Okay, that's a completely no gi event that happens once every two years josh five percent we out of five percent <laughs> whatever hashtag bring back slams 2018 the gracie way I'd, I'd be okay with it i really wanted to lift del brudge way higher than i did and go like full-on arona and fucking powerbomb him because of course you're gonna drive your head into that too yeah but so yeah, the, but watch this slam. This is how you slam from the closed guard. He gets up, he drops his legs back. The technique on this slam was one of the best guard slams I've seen in jujitsu in a long time. It was great. It was beautiful. Would you say it was almost a master class in guard slamming? Yeah, he only does it once, but it was beautiful, Josh. It brought me joy to watch Seth Daniels lift and slam. I'm telling you, one of these days, we're going to release like our back and forth conversations that we have via messenger. And anytime like slams are brought up or anything like that, he's like, yo, I just want to slam people. He he Dude, really gets excited about it. I want to win. I want to get on a fight to win. And I want to knock a dude out from the back mount with the slam. Ever since I saw Max Holloway was cornering guys at Shogun like a year or two years ago. A bunch of guys from Hawaii came onto Shogun, which is the local MMA promotion. And two of his guys at points in their fights got the back mount and started slamming into the canvas from the back mount. And I went, oh, you can do that. It's like Why don't we see that more people's often? People's minds were blown when GSP was doing that from the guard and was driving his shoulder down into right, the, the face. shoulder strikes. Yeah. 
I want to see slams. Bring back slams. I'm just saying. So Robert gets the decision on this. It's a fun match to watch. Uh, I think it's the first time I've seen Seth go to a decision. He may have before, but it's the first time that I've personally seen it. Possibly, but he normally goes for broke, and he either gets submitted or Oh, he was going submits. for broke. And at the last 30 seconds, they were hustling. Seth was throwing up submissions. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, he's... Again, Seth knows how to put on a show for his own event, and you could tell that he was abandoning some positional stuff, just going for the sub, just going for the show, and like putting on a fun match. So that was that. That was that match. Go back and watch that. A lot of fun. On to the main event, which is Keith Miner versus Vitor Oliveira. We've seen Keith before. Uh, every time I see him, I feel the need to bring up that he has one. Um, arm or he's a partially amputated arm and it looks like it's amputated probably two two inches above the wrist he has the majority of his forearm but he's missing a wrist and he's missing a hand on that on that arm could have not just developed could be a congenital item as well i've not looked into him too deep into it too deep into it like he's not i think nick newell has a congenitive congenital amputation yes that's that's the way to put it and uh, i'm not sure what keep the nature of further miners yeah, Nick Nick Newell is further up. Keith yes. is, is right at the wrist, basically, and is, is a leg locker, and Vitor did not let him get to the legs at all. And every time they went into the guard, Keith would invert and try to snatch a leg aggressively, and Vitor would try to like lift his leg and pull out and pull out and pull out. We would not let Keith get a hold of his legs. Vitor Oliveira is like one of those, not I wouldn't even say journeyman, but you will see him at all of these competitions, and he just... Hustle, 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 and beats the shit out of dudes. So the fact that that Miner wasn't just like completely destroyed. No, because every time Vitor would pass, like Keith would just go, okay, cool, and shoot, shoot for the legs and invert and turn over. And Miner never got super comfortable with it. Because he was so worried about Keith Young Lights and the commentator, commentary staff, which was great this event, kept talking about how good it was, how good um, Miner's leg lock game was. So they go to decision, uh, Vitor Alavela decisions, Keith Miner, he just, he just did more, he just had more throughout the match, but again, it was another fun match to watch. And again, all the matches are up, you can watch them all. You can catch the Jessica I match. You can catch any of the brown belt matches. That was an interesting match, too. Yeah. You can catch all of the black belt matches. Go back. Flow grappling. They're already up. Check them out. So that'll do it for our breakdown section of the podcast. On to the previews, and there are a lot of them. A metric fuck ton. Yeah, to say the least. So we're going to start off with Quintet, which is Sakuraba and Josh Barnett's organization. That's I think Wednesday. They, I think they co-own it, right? Whatever. Oh, yeah. It's on Fight Pass now. This event's going to be on Fight Pass. Say hi. Yeah, it's not on Abima TV. It's I think it's on both. It'll be on Abima, but it's on Fight Pass. Out of nowhere, for real, for real, Josh. I am excited. I am even more excited that I don't have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to watch this. Yeah, I can I can catch the replay, Josh. Yay! It'll, it'll be great. Yay! That shit starts at five thirty in the morning, and guess who's off on Wednesday? Me. You're off that day, Josh? I am off, and I am watching it. I'm going to be up. I'm, I'm going to have to wake up at like, I. Well, ooh, I normally try to go to the gym at 5 o'clock. I'm going to go to the I'm gonna wake Josh, up. Josh, does the gym have this. Wi-Fi? Terrible Wi-Fi. You can watch that and lift. Terrible Wi-Fi. Use that data, Josh. You stay on the Wi-Fi. 
terrible Wi-Fi. You can't stream shit. You can barely get on Facebook with Dude, that Dude, my shit. gym's Wi-Fi is so bad that I can't like watch YouTube videos like, oh, while I my, work out. Mine's just as bad. The one space that does have like the perfect Wi-Fi to where you could do something is right by this fireplace that it has right outside of the swimming area. Yeah. Your my gym's got a fireplace. Gym has a fireplace? Yeah, it's got a little like fire circle pit kind of area. It's, it's a fucking YMCA. Like they always add weird shit in there. A fireplace? Yeah. I'll send you a picture of it. That's it's amusing. weird as shit. It's amusing. There's a bunch right. of like little benches around it, and they're like, oh, feel welcome and at home with this fireplace. So this event kicks off at 5.30 in the morning on Wednesday because uh, Japan doesn't give a single shit about anything. You know, it's not for us. It's for them, and they just happen to have it on. Yeah. They're like... We don't give a shit about anybody else. This is for this. This is going to be exciting. Eventually, people are going to watch it. I'm so glad the UFC decided to go, you know what? Let's put this on. Probably more so because... Yeah, it, wasn't on, it wasn't on until like really recently. No. And it was like, announced like this week that it was on Fight Pass. So I don't you, know if they just got that organization. They just got that or... Barnett probably had something to do with that. I would assume. So we talked about the teams last week. It's got the Sambo Dream Team, which is a bunch of Russian and... And Eastern European guys that I like that they're like sponsored by by certain things. The Huckabee Sports Sambo Dream Team, yep, and the Polaris Dream Team, sponsored by Polaris. And obviously, it's a bunch of guys that have competed on Polaris before. We have the Judo Dream Team, which is E and W Judo Dream Team, and we have the Halio Dream Team, which, which is sponsored by Halio. What's Halio? That's a clothing company. Oh. Yeah. We've been talking about this for like two months, and I didn't know that till, till literally They make like BJJ days. stuff. and Really? Yeah. I assume it's a Japanese brand? I, I think so. I can't remember, but I mean, look at other stuff. Do you remember? I want one of those rash guards, though. They are pretty sweet, but think about like Shinya Aoki's uh, Super Grappling Pants of Doom. Oh, yeah. Those are all Under Armour. Right. But can you find those here? No. No. Uh, so it's like, it's like Under Armour Japan. They so, have... They have cool shit over there. There's a really cool video that came out this week, which is the commentator, and I'm blanking on his name, the, the English commentator for Quintet, talking about the rules and what's banned. What's, it's about a seven-and-a-half-minute video. You can find it on YouTube, on the Quintet YouTube page. And it's just like a video of his face, and he's talking about rules and how they set up and how the overtimes work and how the point scoring works and how the penalties work. It's cool. You should watch that. You should watch this event. If you don't if have, you fight, have fight Pass, pass get it. And they got a free Sign trial. Sign up for that free trial. Sign up. Seven-day you know, free trial. Use use a random fake credit card or some bullshit like that. Dude, or, I have Fight Pass. I watch Fight Pass all the time. I'm just saying, if you don't, like, sign up for that free trial. Use your PayPal. Oh, you can't PayPal. Can you use PayPal with that? You can use PayPal with everything nowadays. I'm not 100% sure if it'll let you. Huh. Regardless, we, we have no idea who's going to match up with who, so we're not going to speculate. All those teams are out. There is going to be a bunch of fun matches because we're going to see... This is like the Wild Wild West. I have no idea how this event's going to play out because I don't think they know how this event's going to play out. I'm just very interested to see who from the Halio team is going to go out first. Are they going to go out light or are they going to throw Barnett at everybody? I, just, I don't know. I have a feeling they're not going to, they're going to keep Barnett and Sakuraba... Yeah, I have no idea. I have no, no idea. They actually. should throw Sakuraba's the throwaway on that team. He's old. Well, it doesn't matter. He's the throwaway on that team. Like, that's the match we can lose. We know that. Right. So they send when him out you've first. Got Hideo Tokoro and 
Marco Souza and Josh Barnett and Daisuke Nakamura, who's almost as old as Sakuraba, but he's just not as beaten up. Less mileage, which is, it's hard to find a guy with more mileage than Saku. Yeah, I, I, I don't, Dan Severn, maybe? That dude's got hundreds maybe. of fights and lots of grappling matches. Uh, and he's Iron like Man. almost he's the 60. Iron Man. Travis Fulton? Fulton, yes. Fulton. He's got like over 200 MMA fights? Over 350. Last time I checked, he was really? 335. Last time I checked. That's not over 350 With then. That's less than 50. Last time I checked, and I assume because he's fighting every third week, that he's got a few more fights now. <laughs> Josh. He, said he had 52 losses last time I checked. And 250 wins. We'll, we'll check on that later and, and inform you of, of that stat. But... It's going to be awesome. I'm definitely going to watch it now. Like, I was going to have to use a VPN to get on a Bima and, and watch it, but now I don't have to. Yay. So this is one that you can definitely watch. I guarantee somebody's going to... it's Wednesday. Somebody's going to rip it off off of Fight Pass, and it's going to be on the internet pretty quickly. It's going to be all over YouTube. We do not advocate for piracy on this show. Shit's going to happen. Like, I'm not going to say I don't advocate for piracy because, I mean... For a good majority of my teenage years, that's what I did. Yeah, you was had just Lime pirate Wire. everything. When it was legal back then. Yo, I was Kasai. You mean Kazai? Frostwire. You said Kasai. <laughs> no, not the great thing. I, I, I got Kasai on the brain. Kazai. Bro, I was around when Napster was like. Napster, that was the like one. Napster. Napster. Before OG. Metallica. You know, I used that shit. I was still OG. a teenager when that was happening. So that is this event. Moving on to Kasai Pro 2 in New York, headlined by some awesome matches that I'm super hype about. Kasai Pro 2 in Brooklyn, New York on April 14th. There are three super fights on this card, and there's an eight-man, 185-pound middleweight tournament with a legit dark horse entry in Mike Calvinus. He's Nick. There. Calvinese. Uh Yeah, I missed the names. There's a Mike, Mike Perez is, and, is below him on the, on the yeah. list. So I jumbled those two names together. He is their tournament winner that we've talked about a couple like a month ago or two. Yeah, we talked about if you wanted to enter the tournament, enter it. He's the gentleman that won that. So in that 185 pound middleweight tournament, we have Matisse Dinzen, Mateus Denise. We have Craig Jones, DJ Jackson, Richie Martinez, Dante Leone, Nick Calvinese. Mike Perez, and Felipe Mota. Do you want to speculate? I kind of do a little bit, honestly. Okay, so we know they're going to be in two separate, like, A bracket and B bracket, just like last time. Yep. Everybody's going to go against everybody else. People with the most wins go against the next people. Yep. And then you have the finals. Correct. So basically, it's it's a point system. So it's a round robin on each side of the bracket, and then it's by points who has the most. A win by sub is two, a Draws one. We got confused about this last time too. A sub is three. Three. No, a sub is two. A points win is one. That's what they have points to, don't they? Yeah. And then a draw is zero points. Yes. That's what it is. So who do you think will be in block A? Who do you think will be in block B? I'm not guessing blocks. I don't really give a shit. This is what's going to happen. Craig Jones is going to be in the finals. I can see that with his heel hook game. Unless he's in the same block with DJ Jackson. Mm, I could see that too. Because DJ might stifle his game completely. 
because he's just a tiny little refrigerator of a human being. That is one way to put it, Josh. And this is 185, so DJ's not cutting any weight. None. And getting down. So he's just he's walking around at 185. He cuts Easily. to 170, you know, pretty frequently. So, but he's what, five? How big is DJ? Five, five, six, maybe? He's Some, not a very tall. Yeah, person. I think he's shorter than I am. Definitely. Yeah, and I'm a short, short dude. I'm 5'8, and I felt like I was a giant next to him. Like, only when he. So, do you think they'll put. Sorry, only. I'm going to cut you off there. Only when he wears like boots. Well, I've seen him in yeah. like Timberlands or whatever boots he was wearing. I don't think he would wear. Uh, what were those? Did you say Uggs. I was about to say Uggs, but what were those other boots that were kind of popular? Um, Josh, I'm not a sneakerhead at all. I can't remember, but they had like uh, tons of doofy commercials in the early 2000s about them. It'll pop up eventually, and I'll text you and be like these, and you'll go, oh. Still don't know what you're talking about. Yep, probably that exact thing. So I think they'll put DJ and Craig on opposite sides. I th- you think they'll put Richie and DJ on the same side or opposite sides? Because they announced them at the same day. I don't know if that poses any relevance to how they set up the matches. Know. Or do they, is it a random draw? It might be a random draw. The, that, these are a lot of good guys that could shut each other's games down or just blow somebody out of the water. The only Because person... somebody does that, dude. They put it... Because they, they get really good guys even the draws were exciting yeah well mostly mostly the only person that i see can i mean richie martinez is gonna get shut down by dj he's just gonna stay really low dante leon i think would shut him down as well and mateus denise would like i don't know what richie plays a lot from guard he plays rubber guard he's a rubber guard player i don't think that's going to work that much. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work on high level guys. Like who else do you see play rubber? Like him and his brother are like the only guys. And even his brother doesn't play a ton of rubber guard anymore. I don't know. It's interesting. Like I sort of don't want to speculate on it. I'm excited to see them. I think I'm going to, the only thing I'm going to speculate on is Craig Jones winning. I think he'll, he's going to win. I think it's him. It's Jackson. Um, Man, yeah, no, actually, I, I yeah, Craig. is a great competitor too. Like that's the thing, just because a lot of these guys are either from this area or close enough to this area that we've seen them compete before, where this one is a really good eight man card where it could be anyone's. Well, regardless division. of who wins it, I'm excited. We're going to see most of these guys against each other. Like, yeah, we get to see at least. I think each guy's going to have at least three different matches. Yeah. So it's awesome. Like, we see a bunch of these matchups, and so we don't have to speculate on, oh, how would he do against this guy? We haven't seen him against him in a while. Yeah. It'll be fun. We'll may put something out later in the week going, hey, the brackets are up. Here's how we think it'll, it'll you know, come out. Given how crazy this week is, I could see us doing that. I could see us not doing that. Possibly. So There's also three super fights. Uh one of them, I'm not even 100% sure is going to happen. Do you think any, Eddie Cummings gets injured again or gets sick? I think he'll show up. All right. I listened to a podcast with, with um, John Callistein. Uh, Callistein? Yeah, Callistein. And he was talking about, yeah, Eddie was like legit sick and he was like going to go. And that's why Callistein was out there as a training partner because the flight was cheaper to go out earlier. And then Eddie got super sick with the flu and couldn't go out. So I think Eddie's back. 
He just has such a terrible streak with luck. He's just so injured all the time. He's, he's one of those tall, lanky guys that doesn't have a ton of muscle. They he, just are a little injury prone. He looks a little bit you know, more muscled. He looks more muscular now. He but also kind of looks homeless. Dude, that beard is not great. Him and Gio both, pound for pound, <laughs> worst fucking beards in the sport. <laughs> Dude, him and Richie and his brother, too. Like, all those beards are those gangly... Now, Richie, he, his is like a, a big old scary beard. A wizard beard. He's definitely hiding stuff in there. Mostly weed, but Probably. still. That beard uh, smells terrible. <laughs> Eddie Cummings versus Hanato Canuto. Cummings leg lock game versus Canuto in general. This is for the lightweight title, mind you, because Canuto won it the last one. In the bracket. He won, he won it in their, in their eight-man. He's... Got a very interesting game. This is a very, this is going to be a very interesting match. I'm not going to call who wins it. I'm going to say Canuto stays away from. It all depends on how Eddie looks because we haven't seen Eddie in a bit. True. So if Eddie is on. It's the Eddie of old, the dude that was showing up and beating fucking beating everyone. Ass. He takes it, but Canuto's looked really good, and he won that eight man, and he looked good in the eight man, and he's looked good since. Last time we saw. Cummings was the muscle farm fight to win, wasn't it? Where he did that transition from butterfly to... Yeah, you're right. Yep, we did see him there. To the back. And he looked good. He looked really good, but he's been injured. And he's been sick. Yeah, so another super fight, AJ Agazarm versus Marcus Galvao. And I'm thinking this is the former Bellator champion, Marcus Galvao, who is tiny in comparison so I wonder if AJ's going down or if they're both okay with the same weight. AJ is relentless. We know this. We all know that I hate him, but he is relentless. I don't know if Galvao's going to be able to keep up that pace. Also, whenever you put a MMA fighter... No, Galvao is no. a jiu-jitsu guy, first and foremost, before yeah, he was an MMA yeah, fighter. Right. Yeah, I mean, he he's a legit Novo black belt who's been around for fucking ever. He He frequently... I think he ha- he trains with uh, Vitor Shaolin in New York all the time. Oh, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So yes, it's not like he doesn't train. I'll, I'll be interested. I think... In, in my eyes, so here's why. Before I cut, let me cut you off here. <laughs> in my eyes, and usually what I find to be true is whenever you put a guy that's splitting his time between the sports jiu-jitsu world and the MMA world, the guys that are solely focused on sport jiu-jitsu usually will take those matches. You know, I mean, Benson Henderson beat AJ in that decision, so it does happen, but Benson's also much bigger. And just historically, whenever we see MMA guys that are doing MMA and jiu-jitsu go against a dude that's just doing jiu-jitsu, the jiu-jitsu guy just has that edge. I won't be surprised if AJ wins, but I won't be surprised if he loses either. Well, that's AJ, though. He's, hit, he's super hit or miss. Like, I think the Kasai rule set is really good for AJ because that dude can get two points and stay up. I think they'll call him for it, though. Like, he's going to have to do something. But, but he, can stay, he can stay active enough. I'm going I'm to interrupt it right there. And uh, I don't care because this is this, this. Other than the tournament, this match is what really fucking matters. Oh, the match we haven't talked about yet? Yeah. Gio Martinez versus Nicky Ryan. It's finally happening. Insert the, uh, insert the gif. All of the noise and stuff like that. Like, everybody's excited about this. And if you're not, you're 
fucking lying. Man, there's a cool interview that Donahue did. Uh, it's on the Flow Grappling page, talking about he was like he's been not sandbagging Nikki as well, but like just holding him back holding from him back these from... bigger matches. And he's like, and he's he's shown up and he's performed every time when he didn't think he could, and he's proved Donahue wrong so many times, which is what you say if you're going to hype a prospect, but. Look at who Nikki's been against. I don't think that's honestly unreasonable. This will be, aside from ADCC, when he had to fight AJ, this will be the first time we've seen Nikki go against guys at the elite level. Like, he's, been, he's beaten good black belts. Like, he's beaten Lule. He's beaten Castell. Like, he's beaten good black belts. Gio is the best dude in the 10th Planet system as a competitor right now. He's, he's, he's the highest level competitor that he's gone up against. Yeah. I think hands down like that's with along with AJ. Like him and AJ. This is the highest level guy he's ever faced, but you're also training with Gary Tonin and your brother Gordon Ryan. And everyone and else on the death squad. Nick Callistein and and you know anyone John, else. John Callistein and Nick Callistein. Did I say Nick Callistein? You said Nick 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 Calvinist is the See, guy on this event. We're, John Callistein. John Callistein. Right, and all those other dudes in that Henza system, and there's a myriad of and them. And there's dudes we don't even know. And Calistine, he was on um, Grappler's Union podcast talking to them. They're a podcast out of Chicago. And he was talking to them, and it was a really interesting interview. He just kind of shot the shit with them for about an hour and talked about uh, Eddie, uh, sorry, Eddie being sick, sorry, Gio being sick before EBI and like how his training camp went to prepare Eddie for that and his what the room looks like at Henzo's and the different Henzo gyms around and where he was training and how, basically what that environment is like at the main school. And he goes, there are dudes that like that mark him. So he's in that. You have dudes Nick, that don't even compete that are just monsters in yeah. there. And guess who's affiliated with that, that system and, and will come in and train with them all the time? GSP. Other than that, Travis G- Stevens. Judo, uh, judo silver medalist. Yeah, there's there like there's so many. You go out to technically it's like Henzo Gracie, uh, L.A. Uh, what's his name? Oh, I just had his name and it blanked out. He uh, Sean Williams. Yep, Sean Williams. So which has a very similar guard to the rubber guard system. Yeah, it's like a meat hook grip is what they call it. I think in the rubber guard system. So Sean Williams guard. This is the one that people are hype about seeing. They're hype about the tournament. They're hype about the entire card, but this right here is that big, is that big thing. And I don't know. How do you think? Yeah. So how do you think it goes? Gio's going to be very wary of leg locks, but I think because of that, he's going to lapse in his defense elsewhere and Nikki is going to take advantage of it. If he's going to finish it, I don't know, but I think Nikki takes advantages of Gio being wary of his leg lock game. Because you don't want to get subbed by Nikki, really. It's like, I think it becomes a points game. Both Again, guys we talked about defensive. It, we talked about it when it was, you know, in talks months and months and months ago. It's lose-lose for Gio. Oh, yeah. If you think about it. If he wins, it's like you beat a 16-year-old. 16-year-old purple belt. Ooh. Like, that's like beating Grace Gundrum. As a brown belt, like oh, she's beating all these these girls, these higher level girls. But if you beat her, then what? It's like okay, you you beat a fifteen year old blue belt, right? So yeah, I would agree that Gio's going to play. I think he's going to play it real, real safe 
for that. I don't think he's going to play it safe, but I think he's going to be very cautious. That's what, that's a better way to put that. Yeah. So Kasai, that's that's the fourteenth. That's just one of the many things that's happening. So other things that are happening after Kasai, we ACBJJ, have, and we're going to talk about that right now. So ACBJJ twelve in, in Almaty, Kazakhstan. What an odd place to have a grappling event, dude. All, it's it's got connections to the 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 Russian roots, you know. I mean, that's one way to put that, Josh. So, ACBJJ, there are three titles on this card, Josh. We have Adam Wardzinski versus Felipe Pen- Pena at the 95-kilogram title. We have Oswaldo... Oswaldo Moisinho Cachinho versus Paulo Miao, which I believe is the 66-kilo title. Yeah, on the website, He's it's the... not listed, but it's a... It's a, it's a title. It's a title match. <laughs> And then Samir the, Chantre versus other Meow, Joao Meow, Meow, at the 60-kilogram title. Then we get into like, the rest of the card, which, again, is crazy. We a match have, that we saw just a couple of weeks ago, Muhammad Ali versus Keenan Cornelius, 95 kilos, which could also set up the potential winner could go for the winner of the Wardzinski-Pena match. Right. We have Juan Cor- Han- Luan Carvalho Jesus. versus Edwin Najmi, 75 kilograms. Didn't Najmi just win the title? He lost. Oh, he lost. The, yeah, he yeah. had the title and he and lost, then he lost the title. it. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> we have Lucas Barbosa versus Jackson Souza at 95 kilograms. We have Patrick Gaudio versus Tiago Sa at 85 kilograms. Josh Hinger versus Arnaldo My- oh, Maidana. That? Maidana. Yep, 85 kilograms. It'll be interesting to see if Hinger is on commentary again. I enjoyed him immensely I did. on commentary he, he was, last time. I'm wondering if... You know what? He might not jump in because uh, what's Braulio isn't jumping off. Yeah. So there's, there's not going to be a gap for him. Right. So, I mean, I hope they bring him on because he added quite a bit to the commentary. The speed was different, too. It was nice to get like a little... It was a refresher between Braulio and um, Drysdale. Indeed. So uh, before that, you have Hudson Mateus, who, I mean, again, has been a breakout star in ACBJJ, versus Ayub Makamedov at 85 kilos. Another guy I'm not too, too familiar with. You have Moku Kawai versus Herbert Santos at plus 95 kilograms. We going to see Herbert again? Dude, I honestly hope not. He technically took double gold this past weekend. At um, South American Open or something like that. Yeah, something like that. It was a boring open match. I watched part of that, and then I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. I'll figure out who won. But he got subbed a- last uh, two weeks ago at, Cal- at um, San Francisco Open by some guy. I-, I hope Herberth comes back because dude is a world beater when he's on. I don't know what's going on now. I hope. My he's- fingers are crossed for Herbert. I just love it. Just so we can say it. Then we have Izaki <laughs> Behentz versus Claudio Calazans. At 85 kilos. Whew. That's Kim, gonna be a good one. That's gonna be a good one too. Kim Tara, Kyle Tara's brother, versus Nicholas Welker at sixty-five kilograms. Kim is way lower now, isn't he? He's been that. Like again, we've talked about it before, where he was much bigger, and now right. he's at a weight that he's been competing at, and he's looked good at. So you have Rodrigo Corporal versus Daoud Adayev, the which, dude we saw last time. Yeah, he got beat up last time though. Yeah, foot locked at the end, right? Yes. Yeah. That's at 75 kilos. Uh, Mohamed Karamov versus Vitor Onario, 
who was part of the snoozer with Herbert Santos, the previous card. Yep, and that's again at plus 95 kilograms. Uh, let's see. Hodney Barbosa versus Rafael Freitas at 60 kilos. And Vidi Magalash, Magalase, Magalash. They had a whole thing about saying his last name. Dude, when he, was he's, he says it differently. I'm, I'm, In multiple interviews, depending on who he's talking to, he will say his last name differently. It's not us. Okay. Vinny Magalese. Versus Gabriel Lucas at 95 kilos. Plus 95 kilos. Yeah. Above 95. This is setting up the one this is, for uh, this is a, Gordon. This, yes. But again, this is one of those cards that could be like ACBJJ10. Amazing. There's potential for awesomeness that's going to happen. I oh yeah, mean, all, it, 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 it all could these be matches boring really too. Matches. I mean, it could be boring. It could be boring, yeah, but was... guess what? It's going to be interesting. We got we get to see a lot of awesome competitors go. We have three title fights. They've been posting a lot on their Instagram, like or on their stories, where it's like, "Who do you think's going to win, this person or this one?" And then you pick them, and it shows you the percentages. That's a poll, Josh. Yeah, I know. Josh just rolled his eyes harder than I may have ever seen him roll them on the podcast at me. Uh, they put it up for Wardzinski versus Pena, and I clicked on Pena because I, I'm pretty sure he's going to win. I think they've had good matches, well. but I think Pena takes it. There was like 20% of people that voted for Wardzinski at that point when I clicked on it. You think uh, it's high? Yes. Wojcicki has that BJJ scout video out about him, man. He's got the height. <laughs> I don't think that has anything to do with it. I just Pena's beaten him before. He's had a little trouble with his a, game. A bunch of guys have beaten Wojcicki. Like Keenan's beaten him soundly, like numerous occasions. Oh, sorry, just just the once. I just think. the once. Just the once. But it was like two minutes or three minutes. It's like three and a half, four minutes. It was fast, and we've seen Wojc- we've seen Wojcicki look really, really good against non elite black belts. He was the one that exposed Herbert. Nuh-uh. Well, the week previous, yes, but this was another one where you were like... This was the birth of Herbert Santos. Thank you, Drysdale. By the way, here's hoping that uh, Drysdale calls him Herbert again. Yeah, Drysdale's two for two events right now calling him Herbert Santos. He fixed it last time, but I'm hoping but he But he still did Herbert. it once. He still called him Herbert once. I'm hoping for another Herbert. So I think Pena takes this one. Both uh, Meows are going to win. I, I agree I don't think Chantre or, or Moisinho... I think Shrouds beat Chantre before. Both of them have beat both of them. Right. Okay. That's what, that that was my thought. Like both of like, them have. We've the seen me, these matches before, and we've seen both the meows, meows are win. taking this. So the thing is, I just want to see meow passing. I want to see some meow passing. Yeah. And I want to see some meow submissions. I love when those guys get on the back and choke people. So. I we think also get Keenan. To, we get to see that that match again, and it's split up differently now. Ooh, it is, isn't it? Point so system. the thing is, Keenan can't immediately pull guard unless he wants to lose points. And if he loses points and doesn't do anything off of it, he loses the round. So you got to stand with Ali, which is a little bit... For a minute, at least. And Ali's got some slick judo. And yes. he's a great... I think he's more of an athlete than Keenan is. Yes. Like, he just, like, has raw explosiveness in his ability to throw, like, the Harigoshi and the... Usually his big throw is the Uchi and the Harigoshi. Those are his two big throws. He kind of throws a a Harai. Seo? That drop Seo outside? Oh, just he does like throw Tim's a drop break. Seo, doesn't he? Yep, yeah. he throws a drop Seo. There's another throw I'm thinking about. Thank, thanks, Joe Rogan, for calling him explosive. <laughs> he is, though. No, no, no. He is. 
He is actually supposed to look at him throw cyborg at the 2017 Worlds. Mm-hmm. Look at the the cyborg's a big ass dude, and see he threw him, threw him, threw him, Josh. Oh, like snap. few dudes can Hari Goshi cyborg like that, just with one leg and just rotate over. I don't know why you're laughing at me, Josh. He's super explosive for no, a big the... dude like that. <laughs> I'm just multiple things are going through my head at once, and when you were like he threw him, I was just remembering watching uh, Game Over Man from the guys that do Workaholics. I haven't seen that yet. Is it good? Oh God! When uh, the one guy goes, "You need to apologize," and I was like, "Oh my God, that's..." And the way you were like he threw him just made me think of that, and it made me laugh. So you're welcome, Josh. I got your back. Yeah, cool yeah, whip. Yeah, cool whip. So that's ACBJJ, potential to be awesome. Any of these other matches you want to talk about? I mean, we could go on and on. I'm happy I, to. We could go on. The, the Lucas Barbosa versus Jackson Souza match has potential to burn the building that they're in down. Like, oh my goodness. Oh my God. Like, that's going to be awesome. Looking forward to Hudson Mateus competing again. I'm I'm afraid to watch a Vinny Magalhaes match. I don't know if it's going to be. His last match was not. Moku had had so uh, had a hand in that as well. He did. They both did. That shit was boring. It was a little. It not was a not, little. Don't lie. That it shit was, was boring as fuck. It was a little boring. Yeah, Josh. And and what's funny is Moku wasn't in that match. Moku won against somebody else. Or no, no. See, I'm now I'm mixing up the the Victor Honorio match with uh, Victor Honorio and Herbert Santos, which was another boring match. Yes, that was the. Yeah. So I'm, I'm mix matching two Ooh, boring matches. Because ACBJJ had went from like having like two events a year, three events a year, to like one every other month. Stokered. I'm, I'm stoked for it Stokered. too. Stokered. But they're going together in my head, and I'm getting confused about which <laughs> which card was which and who went against who. You just got to go like, back. Was that this card? Yeah, Josh, we don't have that technology yet. I haven't built a database. You just go back to Josh, the side Josh, I don't right have there. the technology. You, you can't move your mouse I over to the Josh. right side of the screen and click on I one can't. of the, the cards? I cannot do that, Josh. It's impossible. Okay. So that will do it for ACBJJ12. I'm not going to do it. Okay. So, Sug. How about Submission that? Underground 7, which is Chael Sonnen's organization out of Portland, Oregon. We're going to talk about it a little bit, but we might have to do a, more talking about it on the following show because it happens on Sunday. So it might be happening while we're recording. Which yeah, last tends time, to run a little late. Which, well, it's because it's West Coast time. Right. So last time this happened, we had to stop recording multiple times. We tried to record it live and do our reactions and talk about the we matches. We just said, oh shit, a lot. And I, there's, um, I say it all the time. We have like all these reels of us saying weird shit or anything like that. And it's on there of me like yelling and saying that I pissed myself a little bit when AJ lost to Nathan Orchard. Nathan Orchard. So... But it's all unusable from a podcast perspective, so we may have to watch this event and then cover it the the following, following week. But week. We'll preview it this week because it is going to happen, it's in happen that time frame. Sunday, which is when we record the following week. So this one's a fun event because they're having a brown belt tournament. Um, so this is how the card is is laid out. You have eight guys. You have the first four matches for this tournament to crown like their. Semi-finalist from each side of the bracket. Right. To crown your big tournament winner. 
there are tag team matches. We're yeah. going full on pro wrestling. He's doing it, man. Sort of. I don't know how a hundred percent it's going to work out. There's tagging involved. Know. I hope there's like rope breaks. I hope somebody's going to poke somebody else in the eyes. You can do it like pancreas, kind of. I don't know. Where you get three, and you get point losses every time you do it, like old school pancreas. Well, they still did it. They did it in like deep and stuff like that too. Did they do it in deep? I thought I thought deep didn't have it. Deep initially there's definitely have it. they definitely have deep like, doesn't have it now. They. It's one of the Japanese promotions that also has like uh, just fighting, but it's also got grappling in it. Anyway, there's tag team matches. There's multiple tag team matches. From multiple gyms. So it's like, okay, so here's Team Brooks versus Team Courier. which It says TT next to it, tag team. And then it's that is broken up by two more matches where you have Liam Furry versus Cash, Cash Burgess. And Kevin Hughes versus Alex Lee. Those are independent matches. They're not tag team matches. Right. And then you have Mataleao versus Pit Grit. That's a tag team match. Followed by Ella Provost versus Haley Van. And Abdullah Salim and Shandar Pass. Oh, apparently that's a gi match. It, yeah. it specifically says that. Then you have the Desert Dogs versus 503 WCA. So... These are all tag tag team team matches. matches. These guys need, even if it's their gym, I would, I would say something where it, we'd have a cooler tag team name than just like team balance tag team. Baltimore BJJ tag team, Josh. No, it'd be like thunder from down under or, you know, Australian. (laughs) So what, you know, know, thunder is a team in Australia, right? it, It doesn't matter. Like I'm just, coming up with names you know You're not like doing a good job the ball fondlers like dude that's that'd be an name. awesome that'd name a great name you know i don't think they'd print that on their promotional material though chel sonnen would fucking love it and be like yes the ball fondlers yeah. <laughs> then <laughs> Again, we have another tag team match straight blast jim versus gracie baja you, you portland Matt, uh, matthew oh i'm cox. sorry matthew cox versus bryson french which is another gi match so then you have straight blast versus gracie baja tag team match you have the Brown Belt Tournament Semifinal 1 and 2. Then you have Sue Ann Rares versus Anna Dempster. You have Impact Jiu-Jitsu versus 10th Planet Portland Tag Team Match. Micah Breakerfield versus Nick Maximov. The tournament finale. For the Brown Belt. So the Brown Belt Tournament Finale is the last event on the undercard. This is all technically the undercard to this whole match. Yeah, dude, and as Sug you puts know, on a bunch of A bunch, a ton. And then the main card is Joe Buys versus Mike DeWitt, John Diggins versus Carlos Sivert. Sievert? Sievert. That's a gi match. UFC's Jesse Taylor versus Ben Egley. And the main event, Jeff the Snowman Monson, Jeff the Russian Monson. Versus Fabiano Scherner. So it's listed as out on this thing. But oh, did he Jeff, drop? He dropped out. Yeah. Which sucks because I haven't seen Jeff Monson in a while. Because he's dropped out of... The last time I saw him on a grappling card was... Um, what was it? Metamorris. And he dropped because his mother died right before Metamorris. And that was Metamorris. Oh. That was the heavyweight Metamorris they did uh, a while ago. And I forget. So the new main event is actually... Bruno Bastos versus Scherner. Okay. I think that's a better card, a better match. I I, I, I want Ali Jeff Monson. I think he's kind of 
he's had some rough goes at it recently, but I love watching him compete because he's uh, he's a crazy individual. He's a crazy dude. But yeah, I think from a matchup perspective, it's a probably a better matchup. Uh, we saw Schlemmer. I can never say his last name. Scherner? Scherner, which is Chio Sonnen's grappling coach. We saw him versus Tim Sylvia. Uh, was it last time? Was it Sug 6? Yes. And he wrist-locked Sylvia. What a joke that match was. And it happened. So this will be, I think, a little, be, little more back and forth. We've seen Taylor a lot, I think, on it. We've seen him on twice on On It. Have we seen him on Fight to Win? He wasn't on On It. We saw him on Sug. Oh, it was Sug. Who was on On It that I forgot? They had a bunch of MMA fighters on. Tons of dudes. Oh. Kyle Kingsbury. That's who it was. Who was... works for On It. Yep. So That's that card. We may or may not talk about it depending on when it's going on. The list of the Brown Belt competitors is out as well. Uh, we have Eddie Ziegler. We have Howie Mole. Mole. Is it Mole or Mole? I'm going to go with Mole. 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 We have Alex Lamprey. Larmy. You really need glasses. Larmy. Yeah, there's no P in there, is there? Journey Newson, Sean Weisenberg, Matt Kwan, Brian Brown, and Chase Davis. Those are the tournament competitors. I'm not hugely familiar with any of these guys. These are probably West Coast guys, Portland area guys. Uh, Taylor Dizzy does a good job from bring, uh, bringing local talent onto his cards, especially in the undercards. The Brown Belt tournament is an undercard thing, so I would assume it's mostly Portland Still guys. Still very interesting. So they oh, also have their tag team competitors. Impact Jiu-Jitsu is compromised of Lee Flores. Compromised? Comprised, excuse yes. me. Sorry. I can say words wrong. Sorry. Jumping on me. You can't even fucking read. Josh, I know we good. Alex Lamprey. There no P. There's an M in there. Anyway, Impact Jiu Jitsu is comprised of Lee Flores and Brian Nuro. Tenth Planet Portland is Sam Hardy and Phil Schwartz. Straight Blast Gym is to be announced. Dangerous competitors to be announced. Yeah, this is from the April 1st uh, announcement on Sugg's page. That I'm not sure if there's an updated version. If someone does have an updated item for SBG, let me know. I can't, I can't find one. Gracie Baja Portland is Thomas Patrick and Chris Williams. 503 West Coast Academy is Chad McKinney and Gus Bessa. Desert Dogs is Juan... Bernardo and Lingo Diaz. Mataleao is Eddie Flowers and Jacob Cooper. Pit Grit is Sage Brown and that person's name is Tyree. Okay. Tyree Fortune. I was like, is that. You know what that is? What's that? That's a mixed tag match. Is it? No, the next team Team Courier, Hillary Van Ornum, and Mike Courier. Interesting. That is a mixed tag mat, mixed tag team. Yeah. Interesting. Unless Hillary is a man's name. Hillary is not a, a guy's I, I, name. I'm just saying, unless unless I doubt Mike is a man's name, but it could be. Uh, <laughs> you doubt Mike is a man's name? You mean I female mean, name? Female name, man. And then we yeah, have see, uh, fuck you. We have Team Brooks, which is uh, a TB, TBD. <laughs> to TBA, be announced. To be announced. And Warren Brooks. Yeah. Who's talking shit now, motherfucker? Me still, Josh. I don't have to back it up. That's not how this relationship works. <laughs> I don't you know how this sh- relationship works. You beat works. the shit out of me in the gym. I beat the shit out of you on the mic. This is how this works. You don't even beat the shit out of me on the mic. How dare you? Josh, this is how this works. Also, it was pointed out by Maine's girlfriend that frequently when we take pictures, we look like a couple. This made 
Maine very uncomfortable. So if any of you saw the Instagram post from DC Open and you see how far away Maine is standing from me, it's fucking amusing. I wanted the people to see the banner between us, Josh. You're a goddamn liar. You didn't want to be seen as a couple. That makes you feel uncomfortable. Josh makes me a little weird inside. Not gonna I'm going to hold your hand more frequently. Yeah, we got some promotional photos coming out soon though <laughs> that made me uncomfortable to take. So look out for those on social media. Um, again, you can always follow us. We're not done with the show yet, but I'm going to do a little tag in the middle here. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google+, YouTube, everywhere. Reach out to us on Reddit. We are Grappling Rewind. I post there pretty frequently um, and comment on stuff that you know I think that we're going to cover on the show or we find interesting on the show. It's how we got press coverage for Fight to Win, yeah. which we're going to be talking about next. Yeah, so that'll do it for SUG, Submission Underground 7. Uh, I'm amped for this event. This is going to be great. Josh and I are probably going to have to pause our recording of next week's show, not infrequently as Josh yells into the mic and I'm refusing to cut it or refusing oh. to edit it out. We're just going to cut the segment and re-record. So on to Fight to Win Pro 70 in Maryland at UMBC's new event center, that uh, I inspected frequently as the state inspector. I'm not going to talk about me being the state inspector. Nobody gives a fuck, you fucking sewer-dwelling rat piece of shit. Goddamn, Josh. You're not wrong, but... <laughs> damn. Fight to win. Pro 70. Maryland. UMBC. The last one is great. This one, I hope, will be the same. That's man had a huge... 100% submission rate. I can see it, Josh. I can see it. Last one paid out like 36000 Was it good card? 33. Was it 33? I think it was 33. It was, it was a good payout. It was a sold-out event. This one, uh, UMBC Arena is pretty large. I don't so think they're going to sell that one out. I don't know. It Maybe we'll get those leakovers from that Retriever Sweet Six or uh, March Madness win. Uh, maybe. They'll be like, oh, we're just going to shit and supporting it. Cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get UMBC stuff and just like, I'm going I'm to openly admit I'm going to try to take shit. Jesus, Josh. You can't you <laughs> Like can't a sweater. That. I'm so, going to find a sweater in the locker room and take it. Jesus. <laughs> Main evented by Tim Spriggs, Team Lloyd Irvin versus... Gutenberg Pereira, who is who is a monster who, you know, really had a nice showing at Pans. It'll be really interesting. This match is going to be... It's going to be an explosive match. It's a heavyweight title belt. I assume it's Gee. Yes, because he is the heavyweight title holder. Tim yeah. Spriggs is. He, we saw him win that versus. Um, yes, what's his name from Alliance. Yep, big oh, dude. Christ, Nogueira. Yes, yes, no, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, Leo Nogueira. Yes, Leo. Boom. God, it was, it was a teamwork, Josh. Teamwork makes the dream work. This is co-made evented by Shane Jamil Hale Taylor again, Team Lord Urban versus Bruno Cesar from GF Team. So, I mean, there is a GF team gym here in Maryland, so it'll be very interesting. And they have a bunch of guys in the card. One of the guys, uh, this one, the Purple Belt card, was actually in our gym today. Um, yeah, they come in all the time for open mats. All yeah. those guys come in and, you know, get get some good training in. So that is followed up by a super heavyweight black belt gi match, Ottavio Nalati versus Rafael Maya. Nalati, one half of the most boring jiu-jitsu match. In the world. Oh, it's him, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a big dude. Large gentleman, Josh. Very big dude. He's also one of the few, like, straight-up Portuguese guys that uh, Lord Irving has still. Brazilian guys? Yeah. I think he's got 
actually a lot more than you think. I've looked through some of the brackets or some of the listings for the DC Open. He had a lot of like Brazilian names in there that were just registered underneath of him. So, but he's one of the he's one of the guys we see all over the place. Yes, and I'm not sure if he's out of Silver Spring or if he's out of someplace else. But he's coming back. He represents him, I think, when he's in America. Right. Yeah, because I've seen him at other events internationally with the patches on, but not representing it. Okay. Yeah. I knew it's yeah. So another super heavyweight black belt key oh, he's, match. He's versus um, Rafael. I already said that. Oh, did you? I did. My bad, Josh. It's late tonight. Yeah, yeah. Next. Jeff Manalanson versus Lamonte Tyler from Hoist Gracie. Uh, I've, I competed against Jeff my first brown belt match when I was also a super heavyweight. He was on fight to win last time, too. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Oh, excuse me. That'll be interesting. Uh, you know... Hoping for some super heavyweight movement. I don't want a whole lot of of boring stuff. I'd I'd appreciate uh movement. That's all. Uh two hundred and forty pound black belt gi match. Wilfredo Marino Jr. versus Ricardo Ricardo Hibero from Alliance slash Team Lloyd Irvin and Alliance San Diego, not Alliance like out of Atlanta Alliance. Right. I competed against Wilfredo before he is a big guy. Um, it's kind of funny you've competed against so many of these guys because you've had a huge swing in weight classes. Well, it's not even that. Like the the absolute alone is has let me compete against everybody all throughout all that of these sense. things. I don't do absolute, Josh. I compete because you're a baby. I compete at one forty five or one thirty five. I'm not gonna do. I've thrown one fifty five a couple times, but okay, like child size weights, Josh. I don't want to be against a two hundred forty pound dude that outweighs him by a hundred pounds and knows how to fight. Okay, 225 black belt gi match. Kim Sturdivant versus Kenneth Brown. Uh, competed against Kenneth and trained with Kim. Kim has come to our gym before. Yep. Uh, solid competitor, as well as uh, Ken Brown, known for his deep half stuff. Big dude. Looks like he does not give a fuck. Just in life in general. If you That's see him, he just that. looks That's like he, he's just that. aloof. Kim's always smiling and walking around. We see yeah, him at local events. Very friendly. I always talk to him when I see him. Yeah, like, we see him at local events all the time. So oh, yeah. Grappling Industries a couple weeks ago. I saw him last, uh, yesterday, I think. He was walking. I didn't see him, but I, think I left a little he earlier. Was walk, I saw him walking around maybe, but I definitely saw him at Grappling Industries a couple weeks ago. Then you have a 210-pound no-gi match. Charles Gamble from GF Team versus Rogue. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I can, I can hear it. Rogelio, Rogelio, Rogelio yeah. Soto from Ground Control, which is, it, it could be one of the multiple ground controls, but they're local to us. They're about five minutes away from our gym, like right around the corner. Yeah, pretty much like we cross train there, guys cross train. It's, again, our gym is really open. It's super nice to be from our gym because guys pop into us. We can pop into pretty much wherever around the area and everyone's pretty friendly to us. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. Next, we have a 185-pound black belt gi match. Ty Murphy from Team Lloyd Irvin versus Colin Stewart from Team Hobson Mora, who also Colin trains with us all the time. He was on the last Baltimore card and the Philly card before that. Yep, he's out of Philly. Great. Who's on our gym today, actually? Uh, yeah, he's rolling. Um, he's he lives like literally one street, one 
street away from mine. He's right around the corner from me. Super nice guy. Super good competitor too. Super great pressure. He cooked the last guy that he was in and like Four, submitted him in like seven minutes and thirty five seconds, and then submitted him with nine seconds left in the match. Yeah, from a north south armbar. Yeah, it was awesome. It was so crazy. that's going to be an awesome match. Uh, One hundred seventy five pound black belt gi match. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat his name up, and uh, Junior from GF Team is gonna yell at me for saying it wrong. He'll do that anyway. Probably. Uh, let's see. A-T-A-I-D-E. What, what are you going to say? I'm not going to say anything, Josh. A Tide. A Tide. Hafael Hafael from GF Team. Ed. Ed Sheridan from Hops and Mora. The dude from GF Team is a monster. Like, mm. he just goes crazy. He just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. It's great watching him compete. A 165-pound black belt nogi match. Julian Gabbert from Evolve versus Kai Bosk from BJJ Conquest. I've I've trained with Kai numerous times. He's a great competitor. Uh, he's sort of been out of it for a little while. It's kind of funny that he's at like 165 pounds when the last like big tournament I remember him at, he was in the finals uh, versus uh, Bruno Malfisane. And yeah, exactly. Like at, but Bruno was, he wasn't at rooster. He was at light feather. So that was cool to see him in that match. He's a lower weight. So he's, he's going to be bigger for this event. 155 pound black belt key match match. Matt Schellenschlager from BJJ conquest versus Joseph Overstreet trained with Matt competed against Joseph. It'll be an awesome match. They're going to go back and forth. 145-pound black belt key match. Vicente Jr. Former Masters World Champion. Yes, and technically BJJ Conquest is under him, but he's listed as that just to have it there. Yeah, so that gym is, is Vicente Jr., whatever his gym name is, and then slash BJJ Conquest. Yeah. So the, everyone calls the gym Conquest. Yeah. Versus Josh Aguero from Pedro Sauer at Mar Barbosa. Vicente is... Uh, Great competitor. Oh, yeah. World champion. Like, he's a Masters World Champion. Masters World Champion. Like, when I moved uh, from where I was to Baltimore, my instructor knows Vicente because my instructor was also Brazilian. He's like, go to Vicente. He's in Maryland, too. And I trained with him for a little bit, but the distance just wasn't where I was was living. So I ended up finding, you know, a different gym. But I trained with him before. Great, great competitor. 140-pound black belt gi match. Brian Clouser, PJJ Conquest. Versus Aaron Morris from Hobson Mora. Conquest is, is repping hard on this card. And Lloyd Irving. Yes. Both yes. of those. 137-pound nogi match. Again with odd weights. Chris Tran versus Daniel Keene. Chris Tran is a brown belt. and He's won. Pants, he's very, he's won. But he's been on multiple cards. Yes competing against black belts just because uh, it's how small he is. And they're like, here's all of these competitors. So I talked to him briefly at the DC open and that's what it was. Uh, Dan Keen trains with us. He's out of Alliance, but he comes and trains with us all the time. So that'll be an interesting match to watch as well. We're going to jump into the Brown belts a little bit just because of who's on it. Bones, Devontae Johnson from Unity versus David Adams, Ground Control. 
That's very interesting. David Adams is not 220 pounds. No. Uh, he's he's a bigger dude. He's like 180 think. some odd pounds. No, he's 200. No, I don't think so. I saw him. I've trained with him. I don't think he is. But that's 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 a big bite to take. Oh, yeah. Tough matchup. That'll be very but, interesting. But why wouldn't you take the matchup? Why Honestly, not? Like, you think you can get it done? You know, that's why, and that's why I love jiu-jitsu because guys are like, oh, the super tough guy? Gimme. That's why you wanted you wanted your practice. I would have taken it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. 190 pound brown belt gi match, John Del Brudge versus Chad Malone from Capital MMA. Is it 190 now? 190. Was it? Weren't you against him at 170? 175. Yeah, so this is up 15 pounds from when he was against he you. He cut for that too. Absolutely, probably just not cutting. No. What's he fight at? What weight class does he fight at? Medium, medium, heavy. Okay. Somewhere around there. Uh, 170 pound brown belt gi match. Maggie Gamry from Lucas Lepre BJJ versus Vanessa Griffin from T. Lloyd Irvin. You have a 170-pound brown belt key match. Angelo Claiborne, Claiborne from Team Lloyd Irvin versus Gary Gioni. Uh, Gary was on the last one. Great competitor. Good footlocks. It's going to be interesting. We've seen him on other stuff as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, show the art stuff, I think. Yes, that's where we've seen him. 160 pound brown belt gi match, Joshua Pike versus Patrick Mahoney. Uh, 140 pound brown belt gi match, Malachi Edmund versus Ellis Karadag. Uh, I think that's spelled wrong. I, I know I Ellis. I can never We've, say Ellis' last name. I can't man. either. Um, Ellis competes all the time. He's on super fights all the time. I, I train with a guy, you know. He's been in our gym plenty of times. Yeah. It'll be very interesting. Uh, he's not 140 either. He's around that weight. So he, and he's not cutting. No. Yeah, absolutely he's not, not cutting to make that weight. I think what we're going to do since we have press passes, we're going to ask these people how to say their names. I think that'd be a good uh, order of business. I think it'd be a great business. thing to do. It'd be very assistive, Josh. Yeah, and then we get down into like the purple belts and things like that. Uh, there is a couple of purple belt matches. There's a 155-pound purple belt match actually uh with somebody that trains with us michelle temmel versus alex coleman uh alex definitely is gonna cut to get to this weight class yeah, i talked to her yesterday at dc open and um I, I didn't know if it was a 160 or 155 and i forget what class she was in but i know she's cutting weight to get down there michelle is not cutting to make that no weight. i don't think she's i think she's like at least 10 pounds under about 145 ish yeah so. So Michelle recently got promoted. Alex, I think, won her division yesterday at DC Open. Hmm. So this will be a this It's going to be, be an interesting, match. yeah. Yeah, former training partners. True, true story. Uh, Alex Karadimus from GF Team uh, always comes in. Saw him trying to fly and triangle a dude yesterday at DC Open. Didn't see how he did at the end, but he was looking good during matches. I saw him at on the mat. And he was in our gym uh, today, actually. Always training, getting, those, uh, getting that time in. I think it's crazy that at DC Open yesterday, beating dudes up, then at our gym today, beating dudes up, and then in a week now, you're going to fight to win pro to beat dudes up. So on the grind. Yeah. And then, you know, Tadaya Danaforth, who, if I'm not mistaken, was the person that flying triangled the other person. Yep. In my notes, I have him in, uh, that I wrote for this event. I was like, I think that's the dude that flying triangled. They had the weird hair. They flying triangled the other dude. At the preliminaries of Fight to Win Pro Maryland 53 last time. 
So it'll be fun to watch, see how he, what he looks. He looked good last time. He's from Foundry BJJ out of D.C. So it'll be fun to see him. This whole card is full of really, really gonna, good matchups from the purple belt all the way up. Yeah. We're, we're going to get deep coverage on this one because we're going to be there. You know, again, if you're going to be there, let us know. Come say hi. We'll talk to you. Yeah. You know, whatever. We're, we're going to be there having fun, getting information, trying to get some video, ask some questions, Try to do, do a little really, interview. Really good coverage of the event because we love Fight to Win, so they're giving us access, press access to their event. Try to do the best job we possibly can to cover their event and show. I'm gonna somehow magically sneak in and get get on that commentary. I'm gonna do it. It's gonna happen. Do it, Josh. That wraps it up. That's this week's gonna be brutal. Yeah, we got lots of grappling events to cover. Lots so of jujitsu to ingest. It's we got we got quintet on Wednesday, and then Friday we have fight to win seventy. Then Saturday, Saturday ACBJJ and Kasai. And Sunday, we have SUG. And we have a recording of this podcast. Oh, Thursday, we have weigh-ins. So we have Quintat. We have weigh-ins for Fight to Win. Then we have all of that. So Maine's probably going to be at weigh-ins, snapping some pictures, asking some questions, talking to Missy and Seth and anybody else that will talk to his weird, creepy, laxborough-looking self. Yeah, the hair's getting real long. Get a fucking haircut. It's getting real long. Get gosh. a haircut. You don't have to be bald like me, but get a fucking haircut. Okay? We'll, we'll, we'll talk, Josh. We'll see. I'm going to buy you a visor. As long as you wear it upside down, then you don't have to cut your hair. Can I carry the lacrosse stick with me? Sure. Sure. I was doing that earlier, but I don't look like a lacrosse brow. Right. So that'll do it for this episode of the show. If you want to follow us on... Instagram, Josh is at chops underscore and underscore. chops and chokes. And you'll, you'll figure it out with all the underscores because it just sounds obnoxious when it's like chops underscore and underscore chokes. I'm at main does jujitsu. He occasionally does jujitsu. It's all I do, man. I do my job occasionally too. <laughs> and then I go to jujitsu. Yeah. State of Maryland. Don't listen to this podcast. I do a good job. I work my ass off in the sewers. In the sewers, Josh. Taking poop samples. King of the sewers. <laughs> You're like a ninja turtle. But Literally, I do I do martial arts and work in the sewers. But you're not awesome. I mean. You're not named after a cool uh, artist. You I'm don't have a, a color state. As always, you can email us at thegrapplingrewind at gmail.com. You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, and pretty much anywhere you can find. Facebook podcast we're on facebook grappling rewind instagram grappling rewind twitter grappling rewind reach out to us on social media if you got something that you want us to cover you want to clarify you know we are here you want to tell us we're idiots hey let us know you want us to pronounce your name correctly let us know subscribe subscribe on the youtube page leave us a review helps us out a lot it helps us out and you know it eventually will help you out we like to give back we're doing this as something that isn't done, so help us help you. Again, as always, I'm Josh. I'm Maine. And this is the Grappling Rewind Podcast. We'll see you on the mats.